We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, in Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to start off with a recap of the game that just ended, the Thursday night football matchup between the Steelers and Vikings, an absolutely great game to watch. And then we are going to hop into a segment that we have with YouTube Megastar. YouTube megastar Rusty Buckets, good friend of uh, good friend of Matt's. Speaking of Matt, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I've had to restart my computer twice because the internet keeps disconnecting, and if it happens again, yeah. I'm going to throw it out the uh, window that I'm sitting in front of. But outside of that, very very good. All right, Theo, how are you? Well, uh, I just got done with finals. This was kind of my first day of break. Bladen, I know you're going through the same thing. Matt, you dropped I just out, finals so as well. you don't know anything about this grind and. Uh, I'm doing good because of that. I'm I'm ready to yeah. get going on break. You're dangerously close to dropping out yourself, from what I've heard. Theo, maybe, <laughs> hey. maybe don't knock it till you try it. How about? Hey, I mean, I wish I was with you, but I gotta I gotta get my licks in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. School school is uh, school is an interesting place to be. But before we get into everything we want to talk about today. Um, Make sure you all like, leave a comment, review all the great things you've been doing to help promote this podcast on all platforms. And if you haven't yet, make sure you drop us a follow on TikTok at Stay Hot Pod for some great content there as well. And we are done with the Ed Sheeran Hack giveaway. It's over. All right, so the last three winners of the Ed Sheeran Hack giveaway, their YouTube usernames are Carson Janess, the underscore Mexican 58, and Nick Perkins. So congratulations, to you all for winning the Ed Sheeran Hack giveaway. We're done with it. It's over. Um, we've been doing it for, I feel like, 10 years. And uh, I'm glad it's done. You know what else I'm glad is, or I'm, maybe I'm not glad it's done, but maybe Vikings fan are glad it's done, is the Thursday night game, which they barely, they barely got out of alive, even though they were up 29 nothing. Yeah, this was a this was a pretty normal Viking game, I'd say. Pretty typical <laughs> average game for the Vikings, giving up almost what a twenty nine point lead to an offense that with a quarterback who can't really push the ball down the field. Very strange, uh, but the Vikings can't play in a normal game. 
them and the Seahawks are the two franchises who will just never play in just a normal basic game. Something crazy has always got to happen. And tonight was no different. So it's almost a normal game. It's something you'd expect. Almost a normal game for the Minnesota Vikings. They were up 29 nothing, And then after that, the Steelers' first touchdown drive, right? Yeah, first touchdown drive was with, they scored with 2 minutes and 11 seconds left in the third quarter. Damn, yeah. <laughs> and and they had the ball with the last drive of the game. They drove all the way down and they almost scored a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth had it, it in nice his throw hands. By ben. Great throw and was almost a great catch. But Harrison Smith is that guy and he makes a perfect play on the ball. Smith is a Hall of Famer in my eyes, and maybe that's Easily. me just watching his whole career no, as you're right. <laughs> being a Minnesotan and being a Packer fan. I've watched a lot of Harrison Smith, but I think that gives me good authority to say that that dude's been an elite safety basically every year since. I think he was drafted in 2012, 2011, oh so that's God. almost a decade now, and I don't know what else he has to do, man. He's, he's so good, and tonight obviously came through huge and uh, pretty much won that game for the Vikings there at the end. Um, nice was, throw by Big Ben, and he has not been all that horrible this year. He's been maybe just below average. Uh, you've been led to believe, even by this podcast a little bit, that he's just <laughs> garbage. Um, he hasn't quite been that this year, but he's certainly limited in a lot of ways. Do I mean, you think he's complete? I, I kind of, I'm leaning that he's not completely done after this year. I think that if the Steelers draft a guy, because they're going to be a little bit too good to get one of the top, top guys, I think there's a real possibility he sticks around another year's bridge quarterback. For They would uh, have to re-sign him to another year. I think his deal is up after this year. Yeah, I just is. don't it know is. if they're interested in that. But um, the other thing from this game that I'm seeing a lot of dialogue on, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Claypool, 40 seconds left, no timeouts. Um, catches a first down. It's fourth and one. Big conversion. Nice catch. Mm-hmm. And with no timeouts and the clock running running down, he starts striking this pose, like this elaborate first down celebration. Awesome. And the lineman comes up and rips the ball out of his hands and is like, dude, get set. And he doesn't know where to go. Claypool's on thin ice in Pittsburgh. I mean, you can just feel it with with. He requested they play music at practice, and Tomlin seemed annoyed at him for for suggesting that. And he had a personal foul earlier in this game, and you got shit like that happening. Not a very popular guy in Pittsburgh right now, and it's like, man, that's such a freshman in high school error. It is, and it sucks because he's a good player, and he had a good game today. Like Before that first down, he made an an insane catch down the right sideline. And... You know, it really does just suck that you can be that good and just like make bonehead decisions, make bonehead mistakes like that. I I, I find it a little hard to believe that they're just going to like throw in the towel on him because he's really talented. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that is not a fantastic look. And I'm sure if I check Twitter right now, they'll probably agree. The thing I'm thinking from this game is like, was Zimmer done if they lost? Like if he, he really game, might be with a long, he was, he was a god. Yeah, with a long week, this is kind of the time you know when you get those extra days after after a Thursday night game, you get extra time. That would have been the time to part with him. And if it was a bad, embarrassing loss tonight, I I think he would have been done. I think he really would have been done. So 
that was that was coaching for your job, Mike Zimmer, I believe, um, after that la- loss last week to the Lions. And um, yeah, going back to Claypool, I, Tomlin's just clearly done with him. That's my thing. Like Tomlin has got to be just fed up. And this whole year for Tom, I think Tomlin's been an incredible coach this year because they have three good, they've got Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Deontay Johnson. And those are really the only three players who've been really good for them this year. And Big Ben doesn't even like practice half the weeks, according to Troy Aikman. He like takes Thursdays and Fridays and Wednesdays off. And you got like just this clown Claypool celebrating when he's down 30 and there's in a hurry up drive and and all these things. It's unbelievable that they're 500 right now. (laughs) I, I think that's unbelievable. Yeah, as a Browns fan, it's pretty unbelievable to me too. (laughs) <laughs> you thought we could go an episode without me talking about the Browns? No. <laughs> yeah. And happen. one thing I do wonder a little bit about is, is we mentioned maybe they would target a quarterback Pittsburgh. Um, but, and, and Pickett is a guy that they keep talking about. Kenny Pickett, cause he's from Pitt. They watch him. He might be in that range where he's available to get, um, so, but the thing with Pickett, and this transitions into maybe what we'll talk about next, the fake slide got banned. They ended up getting rid of that. So I thought that was maybe a little bit of an overreaction to just like totally ban it right away. And blatant what are your thoughts? No, I, I, I totally agree. I, th- I think it, I think it was a complete overreaction. Um, my, my thing, and a lot of people kind of agreed that it is, it is a little broken, Right, that you can just like fake a slide because a def a defender basically has to give themselves up. The problem, yeah. the problem is that that doesn't happen with a lot of frequency, right? If if they didn't like with Rod Woodson, just like bullying wide receivers, if they weren't like, yeah, you can't do that, right? Corners would just interfere all the time. They absolutely would. If you were, if you had. As an offensive lineman, if they didn't call holding penalties, you would hold on every single play. And they still do hold right. a lot. And there still is a lot of pass interference. But it does not, like, you did not have to make a rule to stop people from from doing a fake slide. How many times is someone going to do that? And how are they going to police that? Yeah. Like, it's, a weird, <laughs> it's a weird one to call. It's like, it, what, what's the call for it? Is it like... Penalty on the offense, faked the slide. Yeah, what <laughs> are they just gonna? Say- yeah, go ahead. Are they gonna review and be like quarterback gave gave himself up at the like? Is that how that works? It'll be interesting. What you're gonna see is mobile quarterbacks hit like a juke, like a hezzy, and you're gonna see the plane play blown dead when they try to do that, even though they yep. may not have been trying to fake a slide. You're gonna see a quarterback throttle down. And try to just do a juke move in the open field, and the play is going to get blown dead, and everyone's going to be like, "What this, a fucking stupid rule this is!" This is going to be a negative consequence. Now, what you can do as a defender is if a quarterback does do that, just stand straight up. Yeah, just give up. Well, on I the thought play. he was giving it up. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that's going to be brutal, and someone's going to be like, "We lost this game because we didn't get a fake slide call we needed. The ref screwed us." Yeah, it's going to be difficult yeah. to police and the ref making refs what should be taken out of the refs hands is like ticky tack calls. Let them play. Let them play. We I don't come to see the and refs. It never happens. It just it, it happened never one time. It happened one time. Someone someone it brought up like, Sam Darnold. Someone brought up Sam Darnold. Have you watched Sam Darnold's fake slide? 
it does not it's even not look much. like a it's it, not much at all i first of and all I, the first time i watched it i'm like wait where is it where is it right <laughs> it was ex- very very subtle so and like even vic who i thought did one like kind of a spin move fake slide uh back in the day i was under the impression that that was what that was but he, he got tripped up from behind so really that's Shout out Pickett, I guess, for, for pulling that out of his bag. But <laughs> yeah. that's like really the first time I've seen a true blatant flakes, fake slide. And and it could be broke. I see why the potential for that is bad. But like let it happen maybe a couple more times. Like if it, if it starts to be a real problem, then ban it. But if yeah. there's going to be like an emphasis on it, oh my God, I could see that backfiring in a bad way. If it, Here's my, if Lamar isn't doing it, like no one, no one's doing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's just going to cause more problems than it create or than it solves. That's yes, it's going to create more problems than it solves. I don't think there's any other way to put it. But, and it, it's going to get called like one time a year at most, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think you could. Yeah. I think you could argue. Uh, uh, maybe I won't say it, but like the fact that that rule probably will hinder mobile quarterbacks a little. I don't know. That's there's uh, the stigma there is a little bit weird to me too. Like inhibiting mobile quarterbacks more than pocket passers, but uh, that, yeah. that's, there's some questionable implications there. But I won't get into it. More than questionable, but I think it's about time that we introduce our fabulous co-host for the day and uh, YouTube superstar Rusty Buckets. It is a pleasure to have you on the Stay Hot Podcast, Matt. How are you? I'm all right. Behind on work, but I always am. So I was about to say, yeah, every day I make a list of everything <laughs> I need to get done, and I never get through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm behind on a project by like four days. So <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yeah, I just finished finals, and uh, I'm exhausted. I can't lie. But we have an interesting episode planned. We want to go over some NBA stuff. In particular, the first segment we want to do is contenders versus pretenders. And the way we want to do this is we're going to pitch a, a few teams to you, and we want to know mm-hmm. if you think they're pretenders or contenders. Obviously, we're not going to throw like the Pistons. Um, well, but. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, I kind of have two categories for contenders, which. Uh, Team, which people might interpret the second category is just uh, pretenders. So my thing is like there's the contenders, like top dogs, and there's teams below that I would not be surprised if they beat those teams. But like, it's like I think there's the a second separation. tier of teams. They're not the number ones, but it's like if the injuries break their way. You yeah, can it's see like it they're happening. not yes. pretenders, but they're not my first pick either. So I don't, like, I don't know that I'm the best for this. <laughs> How about like instead then we just talk about what these teams need to do to go on a playoff run yeah. or whatever what level works. of contender you think. I'm just are. saying <laughs> I, I'm also just too charitable sometimes or I feel <laughs> when I was younger, I was the one who would constantly shit on teams and players. And eventually I was like, I'm just being an asshole. Am I allowed to curse? <laughs> no, yeah, you're yeah, all good. Yeah, go yeah, for okay. it, man. Good, because I do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, I've, I've kind of flipped the script to where now I'm too nice. So I'm not going to slam teams too much. But I can do the contender pretender thing. Okay. Well, I think the well, first team we wanted to throw at you was uh, one that you're a little bit familiar with. How are you feeling about the Bulls making a playoff mm-hmm. run this year? I think they're... 
my my good friend well, i guess not good friend friend on twitter uh mark who does a bulls podcast he has said a lot recently and i agree with him that like another like top 70 ish player added to the team then i'll give you that my concern is i'm a big proponent of if you don't have a superstar your odds are extremely low and as good as DeRozan has played this year, I don't think he's going to continue to play at that level, especially with his playoff track record. So I would put them a pretender category. I'm kind of annoyed at everyone being like, oh, yeah, this team's going on a run because I'm like, keep the expectations low for now. <laughs> they yeah. kind of remind me of the they kind of remind me of the Suns and I'm a Suns fan and they the, went they on remind a title me a lot. run. Remind me yeah. a lot. Yeah. And it's like the Suns are just so solid everywhere. And and they kind of have won with the mid-range game, which is kind of rare. And that's kind of what the Bulls are doing. But obviously the Suns last year benefited a lot from injuries. Mm-hmm. And basically any other year, you're probably not getting a Suns final run. But, but I mean, I think it's possible in the sense where they kind of remind me of the Suns. Like going into the year, they kind of Yeah, especially the with, like, the addition of DeMar DeRozan unlocking a shooting guard that previously had a reputation of being a shot-chucking loser, and then now that's not the <laughs> reputation whatsoever. Uh, so it's – but DeRozan's not as good as Chris Paul. He's played better than Chris Paul is or ever has on the Suns this year, but I don't expect that to hold up. He's shooting, like, almost 60% from mid-range. Like, that's not going to hold. Yeah. So what do you expect from DeRozan? Do you think he's going to be like a little bit better? Because that's where I'm at. I think he'll be not as not as good as he is now, but I don't think he's going to have like the horrible playoff run. I don't he's think he's going to fold in the playoffs, but I don't expect him to lead the league in scoring like he has been. And like I said, he's shooting, I think his last I looked was like 57% from 10 to 16 feet, which is one of the greatest mid-range shooting seasons that's ever been. And that's 10% better than his career average. That's not going to hold. If it does, I'd be happy to be wrong, but I don't expect it to. No. I've heard some people who slander Michael Jordan, some big LeBron fans call him like if he played in the modern day, he would be Michael, he'd be DeMar DeRozan with a gambling, with a gambling addiction. That's, that's something I've heard about <laughs> Michael Jordan. I'm not saying that's true at all, but it is funny that once DeMar DeRozan yeah. went that's to the Bulls, saying. He yeah. like became Michael Jordan. So I thought that that was just a, a funny thing uh, that he's MJ now. Pools are magic. The other, uh, the other team, um, and this one's a little bit hard to project, but they, they killed the Hornets on back-to-back nights. So that's got to speak well for them. The 76ers maybe are hard to say because we don't know how the Ben Simmons situation is going to unfold. But where do you have them? as a playoff team because they've been great with Embiid on the court. Yeah. And also Tyrese Maxey breaking out, but well, first of all, just the Embiid being on the court thing can be a problem yeah. sometimes. Uh, but second to that, uh, I just don't believe like, I think, you know, they do have a superstar because I would consider Joel Embiid that even though it's harder to win with a superstar, who's a big man in today's game. And I'd say the pieces around him aren't bad for sure, but I think you need one true star-level player on top of that. And I think Tyrese Maxey might be there next year, but I don't think he's quite there right now. So I would go uh, pretender for sure. That's what I think. It's like they have a lot of guys who can be good. Like you can get good Tobias Harris games or Seth Curry or Tyrese Maxey, Mm -hmm. but they do not have like the elite perimeter creator 
mm-hmm. that you need night in nor, and night out. Nor ones that you can rely on on a consistent basis. Like that's the thing that I credit to the Suns most of all is that they are the most consistent basketball team that I've ever seen in my life. Every single night you get the same shit from the Suns. Win, lose, or draw is dependent on the, uh, the opponent. And you can't get a draw in basketball, but it's more fun to say it that way. <laughs> How do you feel about Doc Rivers? And do you think that he's a little bit overrated as a coach, like some of the dialogue has been after continuous playoff failures? He might have been. I don't think he is anymore. I think people yeah. think the terms of like, obviously, he's not a great coach, but I, don't, I think he's like right middle of the pack where it's like, it's definitely a step up over Brett Brown, but also yeah. he's not going to have been be like the guy who brings you to the promised land either. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like with the Sixers, I mean, you look at everybody who makes a playoff run, almost everybody. And it's like, Oh, they got the injury breaks and there might not be a team less likely to have injuries go their way <laughs> than a team led by yeah. Joel and beat. Unfortunately, yeah. um, like one, one take I gave on Twitter is like, if Joel and beat stays healthy, uh, he can, he'll win an MVP. And I'll never be proven right or wrong on that, most yeah, likely. Yeah, no. Well, another thing, and this is a strong take that I have that I might end up making a video on someday. I just fully believe in the modern NBA. If your best player is a big, that big has to be very, very unique, like a Jokic or a Giannis. Those are just inherently unique big men to, you know, Joel Embiid is more or less a traditional center like he's about as 90s as it gets in the modern game even though he shoots threes sometimes but i think that type of player is just inherently harder to win with and that's not the player's fault that's just the direction that the game is has gone yeah can i yeah do you think do you think uh, that it'll get to a point where that'll kind of switch back like the pendulum like do you think at one point the the three ball will be such a thing and everything will get so spread out that in the future we will see like the return of the dominant big man or do you think like the cycle with cable and streaming services (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit where it's like maybe teams just get so focused on the three they get so small ball that eventually the pendulum will switch shift or do you think the three ball is just too efficient and that just will get more and more exploited i think you could make the argument that a part of what makes that type of stuff so successful is teams and players and coaches still being stubborn about going in that direction where it's like the push and pull of the old versus the new but once everybody's in on the new it's not as effective like it's like if everybody's special nobody is um i could see that but i feel like that's going to take like a decade before that happens yeah to I me, think eventually we'll get to the point because right now it's sort of like you can if you're tall enough, you can still get in the league just to go do tall guy things. And at some point, the, the game will progress where everyone absolutely has to shoot threes. And mm-hmm. then we'll start teaching even tall guys from a young age. You absolutely have to shoot. And then mm-hmm. maybe you start to see a switch where if they're learning to shoot early on. I think that in general, big men are we're kind of like destined to go away but then these incredibly talented big men just completely got in the way of that like Jokic and Embiid is are so damn good that it held back what I think otherwise was the natural evolution if those guys didn't if those guys didn't exist if those guys didn't come to be then I think right now very few teams would be rolling out traditional centers at least to the extent that they do but it's like you have to have you have to have a guy to match that guy. You have to have a guy to match Jokic. You can't afford that. That's something we were kind of talking about 
in a previous episode about the NFL with just like the wet with how, especially recently with like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, a lot of teams are going smaller with their linebackers. And now you're seeing like so many teams get so good at running the football and, you know, like yeah. Tennessee's been once, great. Once the it, Browns have started to lean more in that direction. Like, and even Baltimore, as, you know, just these top tier rushing offenses. Yeah. As a football guy, that's what made me think of it where, where everything is kind of cyclical in that league. And I was wondering if you kind of saw it going the same way in basketball, one more team, or we got two more contenders or pretenders. Do you think at any point the jazz can kind of break through? No. And win a title. (laughs) The Jazz jazz are fool's gold. The Jazz are fool's gold. And I'm tired of every single goddamn year. Jazz fans like, y'all sleeping on the Jazz. Yeah, I'm not sleeping on a second round exit. I'm I'm tired of this shit. It's not. The Jazz are not real. The Jazz are a great. They're a team built for the regular season. And they just don't do as well in the playoffs. They don't crumble in the playoffs. But they're not it. They're not there. I think they strike me as a team that's because some there's some teams in NBA history where you're like, they're very good and they'll probably cap out at like they'll make the Western Conference finals one year with this core. They'll like find the way or they'll get the matchups just right or they'll get an injury break in one series. If they keep at this for three more years. Ironically, that sounds like the 80s and 90s Utah Jazz. Yeah, I was about to say, that's like what the Jazz like in their history have existed just, to be. is just, just like the Jazz history is being not good enough, but still good. It's like, like I, I think like a Portland, obviously not very similar teams, but Portland's a team where like that core is good. They're a good team, although they've not been so hot this Lately, year. Um, I think it's because like, they got to change their name. The Utah Jazz is the worst. Like there is no jazz in Utah. They need to. They need to change their name to the Rockies or the Rocks they just, or the they need Stones. To make it, they just need to be more accurate to the area. Call them the Utah Mormons. Yeah, Utah Mormons, <laughs> and then maybe they can get out of it because they're trying to be something they're not. And if the they're players to can't t- feel like they're themselves, you know, they can't be themselves. How yeah, can they play no. well? <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly. it's silly. So I think they need to change their name. They need I to rebrand you and then at, maybe. At, at max, like two players on that roster listen to jazz, and Rudy Gobert <laughs> is one of them. Rudy Gobert, I don't care. This might be a hot take. I don't know if you disagree, but like I know statistics love Rudy Gobert, and and like he wins all the Defensive Player of the Year awards. Maybe this is just because I'm a Suns fan, and the Jazz are kind of our rivals. But I don't like Rudy Gobert. I don't like him, and I don't respect him. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any <laughs> qualms with him personally. I'll just say, and I, I don't even know it's necessarily Rudy's fault. The thing is, the Utah Jazz defensive scheme is like Rudy Gobert does everything. And when we saw versus the Clippers, their lack of perimeter defense kind of killed them because their defensive scheme is surrounded by, hey, let's just like not leave guys open too much. And then when they go in the paint, Rudy Gobert will fuck them up. <laughs> and the thing is, when they encounter that situation and the team doesn't account for it, that's what happens. He does fuck them up. When they play worse teams, that's what happens. But a team that knows how to coach around it, they're just going to put five shooters out there and then the perimeter guys can't handle that. And Rudy Gobert just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so the system is built around him alone and then because he's alone he gets exploited and i don't think that's fair to him but that's what exists in utah 
So I don't think it's it, inherently Rudy Gobert <laughs> is just bad in the playoffs, but just the system doesn't really allow him to be good in the playoffs. I'm absolutely <laughs> sure you're right. I just don't like him. I just don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> no, I, I feel that's like that's fair. something. And that's why they're such a good regular season team, right? Because that'll work on a night to night basis. You get somebody one game on like, you know, wherever. Uh, and the game plan won't be as strong. But then you get somebody in a seven game series. You got to beat them four times. They have time yeah. to make adjustments two, three times like, over. Like the Clippers aren't going to start Marcus Morris at center in a regular season game, but they will in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And then. The last team we had, um, and maybe maybe they're a little bit too high. What are they right now? Four? Uh, the Miami Heat. How do you feel about them going mm. into the playoffs or going into this year? So this is what I meant by a Category 1 and a Category 2. I consider them a contender. I'm still taking the Nets and the Bucks over them in the East. But I think if you told me the, the Heat win a seven-game series versus either of those teams, I'm not going to be like, holy shit, how? It's definitely the underdog in that scenario but it's not like an underdog underdog yeah they seem they seem a little bit like an injury breakaway i kind of think last year that they were just gassed going into the playoffs and they got kind of a bad rap i they were not that bad um Mm -hmm. and honestly them beating the bucks and then getting whooped by the bucks the next year uh doesn't really a hundred percent make sense to me that doesn't translate entirely i know there were some changes I think the biggest change was them putting Giannis on Jimmy and the quick realization that offensively they don't have a good initiator outside of Jimmy. So that's what Kyle Lowry will hopefully account for is the offense is not entirely based around Jimmy going downhill. Once that was locked up, it's like the entire offense was in panic mode and like, sure, Goran Dragic could do something. They went to Kendrick Nunn, which is as desperate as it gets. But, uh, there was just there just wasn't enough outside of Jimmy. Whereas when you see him this year, before Bam got hurt, it was like there's so many offensive weapons. Tyler Hero breaking out on top of that, it's like there's just more things to go to than just Jimmy. Please save us. And the thing is, Jimmy did save them in the bubble all the way to a fucking finals appearance. But in general, uh, that was I think they relied on him too much and not as much anymore. I'm very, and I think one of the most excited players I am or to watch in the playoffs is Tyler Hero. The narratives mm-hmm. around him, if he plays well, are going to be ridiculous. If he plays bad, are going to be ridiculous either way. I feel like he is one of those players who is unnecessarily polarizing. Like opinions yeah. didn't opinions didn't have to be so hot on Tyler Hero, but they all are. He's he's white boy of the month. He's uh, he's <laughs> I don't, that's why I don't know why. <laughs> He's good though. I love Tyler. I love the Heat team. I think like you've got so many like guys with deep playoff experience on that roster. Like whether that be Lowry and just the Heat because they were in the finals. I think like once and Spolstra. I think that they're going to be really dangerous in the playoffs because they've just got so many guys there who've who've done it before. Well, what what did it for Tyler Hero? It's like he started. He in his first year he played really well in the playoffs, and then. One too many people gave the Kobe comps on yeah. Twitter, and that made people Booker. hate him. Booker, yeah, he got Booker compared to Booker, really yeah, all the time. And then he was on a Jack Harlow song, and he like dated a supermodel, and he just got like just a huge star, just like yeah, both on the court and off. I the mean, court, being is, an NBA player dating a supermodel is not really that big of a surprise. Yeah, but didn't he do it in kind of like a high profile way where he like? he was like in her i don't know there was there was something with that he was just like every every move he made in the bubble was like the microscope was on him and it was like very high profile the way he went about this but anyway that's not important but 
he's just he's just a pop well, culture icon. Well, I wanted Tick-tock to talk about the boy. Cleveland Cavaliers. I wanted to talk about the <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, but Matt and Theo said no. So we're gonna make up for it in the next uh, oh. segment where <laughs> Why can we talk about not- the Cavs? <laughs> well, look, I like the Cavs a lot. I like the Cavs so much. I'm so excited for their core. But in a pretender contender section oh, they're not for the finals this year. They're not yeah, so you're setting your own on, team up man. for failure with that, Bladen. I didn't want you to do that to your own team. It's not that I don't okay, want you to talk okay. about the Cavs. I think it's very important to manage expectations, and that's yes. the case. I'm a, Brown, you need to I'm a, I'm a Cleveland sports fan. We don't manage expectations ever. <laughs> no, it, and it's you really all should. <laughs> I would think. I would think being a Cleveland sports fan would make you manage expectations from all the failure. <laughs> oh no, we're all in all the time. Or is it because maybe there's so much failure? Me. I mean, it's because there's so much failure when you see the slightest bit of light, you just cling to yeah. it. I, I, there is yeah, no I amount of light that is not enough for Blaine to think the Browns are a playoff team ever. Not once in my life. They went one in 15. He thought they'd make the playoffs the next year. They lost all their games. Jacob, what is what is the what is the craziest team you could see winning the final? Like, what is the least likely likely team to win the mm. final? Or like, like a scenario uh, that's doable, but the least likely. The Denver Nuggets. That that was going to be yeah. my pick. Jokic yeah. too good. But like the thing is, like it's kind of a cheat answer because theoretically MPJ and Jamal Murray should be back by the time the playoffs are starting. And at that point, fully, I'm a big believer in the Denver Nuggets. A fully healthy Nuggets team, I think, is as about as good as it gets. Like fully a tier contender, everybody healthy. So that's kind of a cheat. It's like if the, the Nuggets right now, fuck no. I don't care how good Jokic <laughs> Yo, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a chance. Yeah. But everybody healthy for sure. And that I don't know that I even like that answer because everybody healthy, duh, to me. At least it's so duh guess to me. Let me let me look over the other that, teams. Then. I'll look at the other teams. Honestly, the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if they were to get a, a bunch of injuries, I could see it. If Donovan um, Mitchell goes, I mean Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs historically has has played pretty well. So if he just yeah, went like nu- he's played nuclear. more than pretty well. I've never yeah, he's played, some of yeah. the he has some of the greatest playoff elevation that I've ever seen. Yes. So he would if he went like nuclear and like oh, they scheme the answer. defense up decent well. I have your answer the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, if their offense is cooking. Trey Young has been in, insanely good this year. Yeah, and he's really defense, he's elevated again. It was weird. Trey and Clint Capella both started off the season real shitty, and they just completely flipped the script, and now they're fine. But they have a little bit of an uphill battle because of how bad they started. Yeah, yeah, they're probably. I don't know if they can get in position to have an easy series round. Oh, I don't one. think so. Even I, I mean, even so. if you were like the four or three seed in the East, it might not happen. Because there's good teams. It's a little bit deeper than it has been before. Um, Trey could would have to go like Curry mode. He'd have to be in his like just like some Steph Curry shit, and yeah. then maybe it could happen. And he's capable of that. I, I'm I glad, believe he's capable. I'm glad of that. he's finally hitting his threes this year because that's been the yes. thing where he takes those yes. shots. But he doesn't really make them all that much. <laughs> <laughs> he. I'm getting well, dangerously close to pushing the Trey Young top ten narrative. He's not quite there yet. But he's. Dare we I, say, I see a lot of people already pushing that. Dare we say he's in a similar tier to Dame and Kyrie? Yes. I mean, I have him. I have him ranked above Kyrie. Mm. I do. Kyrie, I, Kyrie is a weird player to rank. 
because well, the problem with Kyrie, the like, problem, that's the greatest player I've ever seen, and then others like whatever. <laughs> the problem with Kyrie is like if you break it down category by category, you're like, well, he has like the best handles of all time. Oh, he's like the craziest finisher of all time I've ever seen. Oh, he's a crazy efficient shooter. So you're like, how is that not you know way better well, than Trey Young? The thing but about I don't the, think the uh, the thing about the finishing with Kyrie is that he shies from contact, but. The, the difficulty of his stuff all the time, like, yeah, he puts up crazy circus shots, but if you're afraid of contact, that makes you worse as someone who drives because you're not going to get to the line like Trey Young does. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I, I think Trey Young's just a better number one than Kyrie. I mean, you've never, I guess we've never really gotten that many chances to see Kyrie as a number one, yeah. but when we have, it's not like we've seen him do what Trey does. I'm also impressed with Trey with the new foul rules. It was it was someone where he was someone where it was like that could really affect him because that was a lot of his game was drawing fouls. But he's maybe having the best season of his career, whereas someone like I think transitioning into our next guy, James Harden, has kind of faltered. And that's one thing we wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Do you see him turning that around or like how bad has it been? Well, my initial uh, reaction, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm extremely charitable with this kind of stuff. I originally went in with the angle of defending him where I was like, look, James Harden, I think like five times led the league in scoring separate. Like if you take free throws away from everybody led the league in scoring. So it's not as though the only way Harden scores is he gets free throws. But what I didn't take into account and I saw brought up a few times and eventually I caved to that. Yeah, that's probably true is while he only gets the line like 11 free throw attempts per game in his peak. It's the way in which he manipulates the defense for the fear of him drawing fouls. that results in opportunities for him that aren't resulting in fouls, but otherwise would not be there if they weren't afraid of his foul baiting. So like Ricky Rubio defending him from behind, like that kind yeah. of shit's not going to happen now. So the, a lot of the way that he scored separate from actually just getting to the line was the fear of him getting to the line. So it's kind of like how a lot of Steph Curry's inside game is great because the fear of his outside game. So a lot mm. of Harden's scoring was from the fear of his fouling or him getting fouled, and that's not the fear anymore. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of did the same thing with him because I and same thing with Trey Young, where people be like, "Oh, they're going to be like bad because they can't get to the line anymore, and they're not going to get all these calls." I'm like, "Oh no, that's ridiculous. They're not going to be significantly worse. They'll figure it out." And Trey has, yeah. but Harden, Harden has not in the same. Hey, Harden's He's also still getting very good. I mean, Harden, but, Harden's still a great player. Don't get yeah, me wrong. not bad. He was like in the conversation for top five player in the league. He's not in that conversation right now. No. I defended James Harden for a long time. He's been one of my favorite players in the NBA for like years. It's like oh, him, LeBron, and we'll get to the next player. Um, that <laughs> I, I loved, I love James Harden. And I was I, like, I think this James Harden is very like, good. I can't stand watching him. <laughs> he went to I mean, ASU, he, so I can't, I, he, I can't say I, too many I, bad I things like, about him. I was prepared to push a narrative that he was going to be on pace to be one of the greatest scorers of all time. I mean, well, he, he was or was, yeah. yeah. Like the, he he yeah, was on that pace. I was like, this dude's gonna like break the scoring title. <laughs> there was there was a season his MVP year where he dropped like way more fifty point games than everyone else combined. Yeah. It was ridiculous. He he is he he was and still is just a ridiculously talented. You know guy. who's an interesting player for that, like all time scoring wise, uh, Devin Booker. 
Yes, that is. Devin yes. is probably going to is going to be way higher in all time scoring rankings than is reflective of his actual talent. Just right. he, he doesn't shoot like, threes that much. And he started he, with his career when he was like 20. Yeah, just because he averages like 26 and he's been a starter for almost all of his career. He doesn't get injured very often. He plays a ton of minutes. Uh, just kind of as long as his injury track record continues to hold up, he might finish with like 30K, even though he's not like that dude. Yeah, it's hilarious. It was I think it was last season was the first time in his career where he hit I can't remember the exact number. I think it was seven threes in a game. It was somewhere in like the five to seven threes in a game range. It was like crazy low what, from what you'd yeah, expect. It's a, interesting because he like came him. into the league with Clay Thompson comparisons. That's just not even close to the type of player that <laughs> <No>. he is. <laughs> yeah, I love D book, but and as a Suns fan, I love D book. I love D book, but you're right where where that. some some Suns fans do overrate him. Where they're like, he's how can you say he's not a top ten player? And it's like Zach well, Levine better. <laughs> I I don't hate that take at all, even as a Suns fan. But I do love Devin Booker, and I will have to kill you for saying it as a Suns fan. <laughs> Statistically, the other, a uh, better three-point shooter, better finisher, better athlete, you know, whatever. It's okay. You're right, but please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the other of Bladen's favorite players that we wanted to talk uh, you know, about them underperforming is uh, De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron mm. Fox, man. Not had the absolute best season, or maybe hasn't had the best shooting season. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, is he's so struggling far. to get to the rim, so that makes his shooting even worse. Where, where do you see the career projection for him going forward? I don't know. This season's so weird to me. Where I, every time I look at him, like surely that's going to solve itself, and there were twenty games in, and it still hasn't. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion. Uh, all I know is one of their three guard tandem uh, with Davion Mitchell being the new one. Like, I don't think that's going to really work long term. So one of them needs to be out. I just don't. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on De'Aaron Fox right now. And it seems like I mean, it seems like the Kings would know that they can't keep all of those guys. Mm-hmm. So do you think they're looking to move one now or do you think they just let them play a little bit longer? I just, a couple I years just then- let them play. I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> They're the kings. My, we can't expect them to make the right decision. Yeah, it's hey, like, don't, am don't, I expecting the kings to have kings. some tactile plan? Like, they're probably like fucking winging it as they have been. <laughs> hey, don't talk, don't talk bad about the Sacramento Kings while they are in Fox there, man. Bladen is obsessed. That's stupid. Bladen is obsessed what? with this. <laughs> you should want the kings to do well for De'Aaron Fox to do well. <laughs> I, I just want De'Aaron Fox to do well. <laughs> I don't really, okay, I don't really care him. about the Kings. But like, I, I if really you want care. De'Aaron Fox to have more respect and to be treated like more fans thinking he's that great, winning does that, and the Kings doing better does that. So yeah. well, it's he, kind of correlated. He, I, the Kings' success I, is his I success unless De'Aaron he's Fox not a part of be it. Able, I thought that De'Aaron Fox would be able to kind of elevate and – Send. <laughs> don't don't mm. look at me like I'm crazy, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're crazy when it comes to the city of Sacramento and thinking think he's the greatest Sacramento. city in the world. <laughs> I, I think he's good. I don't think he's that good. Uh, yeah, that's a lot I, to I, ask you. I was I, I was just hoping that he when he came out of college, and it was superstar athlete, great defender, and I was like, you know, maybe maybe in a couple of years he'll like get his shot down, and it just hasn't. Just hasn't happened yet. 
So uh, I'm just RP, disappointed. Uh, that's all. Fuck. R.I.P. <laughs> Can I ask you one more question, and then maybe we'll let you go? Would you pay DeAndre Ayton the Me? max like he wants? Yeah, they uh, want. They want. He wants a five year max deal. Would you let him walk or trade him or or what would you do with that situation? There's not a chance in hell I'm letting that guy go anywhere. Okay. Even if, first of all, I think fans overreact to contracts by a large margin all the time. It's not as detrimental as people act like it is. And I think while you have Chris Paul still playing at this level, which honestly I think you can do for like another two, three years, I'm going all in as much as possible to make that a championship team because I think there will be a year where the iron strikes hot and you get there. Uh, So even if... Also, the Suns could just simply use him more and then he's immediately worth the max. The only reason that he hasn't played like a max-level player is because they don't give him the opportunity that he deserves. So, yeah, I'm giving him that money. Not to mention you're just going to be worse off as a team overall. It might be a moment where you have to overpay, but it's for the sake of the team overall, like overpaying Chris Middleton. It was a little bit of an overpay, but guess what? They got a fucking championship now, so who gives a shit about that? <laughs> right. Same, Same with Holiday. And that's, yeah. and that's always the, the question I ask on like Twitter. It's like, oh, if you guys think this is an overpay, like, what would you rather do? Because if you don't pay him, you just lose him. And then people's always answer is like, well, I would just pay him less. I just give him a smaller contract first. <laughs> it's like, well, if someone else is going to offer him that money, then no, you can't. That's not an option that's on the table. Like OKC yeah. is immediately offering a max contract to DeAndre Ayton when he goes into free agency. And now they have to worry about that because they made a fucking boneheaded decision. And if the guy, if the guy, if the player knows that the team would be better off giving them the max than just letting them walk, then they're going to ask for the max every time. Yeah, they know sometimes you just don't have. Sometimes you just don't have the leverage, and you can't get something great going for you. But it's better than just fumbling the obvious move. Sometimes yeah. fans and even fucking GMs will like try in a million IQ something that takes zero IQ, and then it. <laughs> is a waste of everybody's time and makes a huge mistake. What Pacers trades do you want to see? Uh, Sabonis to the Kings, Miles Turner to the Hornets, Karis LeVert to the Mavericks. Miles Turner (laughs) to the Hornets is needed desperately. Yes. (laughs) It's needed desperately. My my best friend, Bobby, is a Hornets fan, and he has been bitching about that center spot since we were in middle school. So (laughs) I would like to see that change. Matt, also, I know, Matt what about Cody Zeller? <laughs> I also live I live three hours from the Hornets arena, so I see their games all the time. I want to see a good Hornets team, and they've been good this year, but fucking Mason Plumley is a bitch Dude, to watch. Oh my god. So I am I I would love Miles Turner there, even though I love PJ Washington at small ball five. That's not sustainable, especially if you're worrying about like facing him beat in the playoffs or something like that. Uh, Miles Turner is good and a center, and that's exactly what the Hornets need. Karis LeVert, ball handler. I want that next to Luka. Uh, and Sabonis to the Kings. I feel like that makes the most sense fit-wise because Sabonis is a weird player to trade for because it's like B minus Jokic, which is a good player, but you kind of have to cater the team to him a little <laughs> bit. He, yeah, he's one of those players where you have to cater the team to him, but he's right on that borderline of whether or not he's the level of player. That's yeah, worth it's the, the team too. It's the thing that's like, do I build around this player though? <laughs> but I feel like the Kings have the personnel to where there's not too much adjustment necessary. And, and we just talked about the guards. 
Yeah, they've got yeah. the guys that maybe it works for a trade for. Give them bet. Davion and a contract filler and Marvin Bagley and a first round pick or two, and I think you got the guy. Well, I I agree strongly with the uh, Miles Turner Hornets stuff. <laughs> Theo, you were going to say that I've been asking for a Miles Turner Hornets trade for since years I've known now. you. I've known you probably about a calendar year, and specifically Miles Turner. You have been trying to part Miles Turner from the Pacers to the Warriors to the Hornets. Fucking everybody's uh, just been w- trying to trade Miles Turner for three you, you years just now. Don't want him, <laughs> you just don't want him on the Pacers and specifically the Hornets, but just overall, just trying to separate him from Indiana has been a constant. Theme. I mean, there's there's <laughs> a lot of teams he could go to that would be cool. The Hornets probably make the most sense because they need him the most. They've got like the worst defense in the league and whatever, and they had the worst centers last year and somehow they got worse, but I'd be I'd be interested to see if Miles Turner could somehow get to Portland, but they just might not have the assets to pull that off. But if they're really if they really want to, you know, compete with Dame, that's probably the move they'd have to make if there was one to make. Portland probably should have done that this off like that was such an obvious problem like for the past several off seasons and they never changed it, so it would be weird for them to just now be like we should we should get a good interior defender. I just think they're dumb. I think Portland is. is well, the thing that I hate about the Blazers is they always make a all right move, and they're like, "All right, job's finished." And it's right. like you've been doing this for a decade now. Maybe figure out that that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they trade for Covington, and then it's like, "Oh, that'll fix the defense." While they have like Carmelo Anthony and Enos Cantor playing big minutes. It's not even Enos just freedom. the defense thing. Enos just freedom. in general, they act like. <laughs> They, they act like Robert Covington equals, all right, we're contender now, or Larry Nance Jr. equals, all right, we're contender now. It's like, you guys are so, you guys are like a star at least away from this. Stop adding good role players and acting like you've solved the problem. I think that about does it for us today. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. Great, great conversations. Love the takes. Um, come, and get, come on again anytime soon sometime (laughs) but i think that pretty much wraps things up on our end holistically i know we just wrapped things up with jacob but you know again thanks to him for coming on to the podcast it was a great time and you know make sure you check out his youtube you know rusty buckets he's doing some great stuff over there um as always make sure you call him for the stay hot shout outs i know a lot of you are gonna be in some tough matchups this week you know browns fans we play we play the ravens um, I, I will probably be calling in to rant about that. <laughs> uh, the Lions, the Lions, I have a well, like a one in two trillionth chance to to make the playoffs at this point. I'm thinking about putting a dollar on it. So, would you get two? Tr- would anyway, you get two yeah, trillion make sure you guys call for the stay hot shout outs. You know, give us a rant. Would you? Would you become a two? Going the, on the richest man alive. If as this an, bet as hits. always, tons and tons of content coming your way on all platforms. We'll be back Monday, of course, to recap week 14 of the NFL. Don't miss out on everything coming your way on all platforms. And until next time, as always, from Corn Boy, Gambling Addiction Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you on the flippity flop. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.